This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, baby. In this world there's a whole lot of pain. In this world there's a whole lot of trouble, but a whole lot of ground to gain. Why take when you could be giving? Oh, I watch as the world goes by. It's a hard enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly? Kiora, Talofa, Nihau, greetings, welcome. Welcome to Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio, Plains FM 96.9. Welcome listeners, this is Debbie May, um, on behalf of Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio on Plains FM 96.9. Today I'm going to be chatting with Beth about seasonal affective disorders. So welcome to the studio, Beth. Hello, thank you. You're an old dab, old hand at this, and um, Quiet Minds couldn't exist without your many, many cheerleading... Uh, writing, uh, interviewing, um, cheering me up when I just think it won't happen, and a, a few wines Christmas along the way. Organizing. <laughs> Maybe I've got um, another kind of disorder. <laughs> so welcome, Beth, and we're going to be talking about seasonal affective disorders. So first of all, um, can you tell us a bit about what that is? Absolutely. Um, seasonal affective disorder, disorder is a form of depression. So people call it SAD, which I think is quite a quite an appropriate name. Mm. Um, and it's related to the changes in season from summer to winter, and it affects people mostly through the winter months. Um, some say that it may be mild and it doesn't interfere too much with their daily function, but others uh, are seriously disabled and it prevents them from functioning normally without continuous medical treatment. Right. Um, it may be called kind of the reverse, a depressive disorder with seasonal pattern, and it may even have people talking about the winter blues. They're all the same thing. And it's a little bit less likely to occur in New Zealand than some countries because we have... Um, a fair amount of sunshine in the winter. I mean, a Canterbury day that's got a hard frost is really crisp and sunny through the day, mm. but that doesn't necessarily mean we get out in it. But even just a little bit of sunlight can help, just knowing it's there. Whereas countries like Finland apparently have very, very high uh, statistics for, for winter blues. Is that because they have a longer winter? Or... They're, they're so close to the Arctic Circle that they have, you know, 14, 16-hour night. Right. Yeah. So even right. if the sun was to shine, it's up for so few hours in the day. There's just not enough opportunity to have it on your skin or to feel its its warming and and pleasant effects. Wow. Yeah. So, um, symptoms? Yes, that would be good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't put that in. But I'm all ready to talk to you about symptoms. Now, of course, to be able, to, like I've I've had some some experience working with a lot of people around this kind of thing, and so right. I had a pretty good awareness of what they meant. But in, in making sure that I was properly prepared for chatting with you, I did a bit of a Google search. And the, the list of symptoms is pretty long. So I'm glad I brought it along today. So symptoms may include feeling depressed most of the day, nearly every day. Losing interest in activities you once enjoyed. 
having low energy, having problems with sleep, experiencing changes in your appetite or weight, feeling sluggish or agitated, having difficulty concentrating, feeling hopeless, worthless, or guilty, and having thoughts of death or suicide. Now, those are actually pretty common with any kind of depressive disorder. Mm. Mm. So it's just a matter of isolating whether they are around winter in particular. Um, fall and winter symptoms would be oversleeping, changes in appetite, weight gain, and low energy. In the summer, it, it might well be stay, same thing, trouble sleeping, poor appetite, weight loss, agitation, or anxiety. Oh, well, how can we get it in the summer? Symptoms specific to summer onset, a seasonal affective disorder, sometimes called summer depression, may include. And I suppose that's because seasonal actually means any season. So it could very well be that there are people whose responses to summer um, are illogically depressed. Hmm. We're used to it. Everybody we talk about says winter blues. Hmm. But it is, and that would be really confusing for people. If your depressive um, symptoms come on when everybody else is finally feeling happy and relieved. So I think that's an aspect of education that could be quite useful to listeners to realize that there's this other pattern out there that may be affecting them and that nobody's ever said to them. Because, yes, I, I must admit, I've always thought seasonal affective disorder was to do with the winter and not getting enough sunlight. Most of it really does. I mean, when they're talking about the about the treatments, you know, mm. further down on my cheat sheet here, um, it, 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 most of them do relate to... They are, well, as you see, this will have come from a site that was a medical model. Mm. So they relate to depression symptoms and depression treatments plus light treatments. Hmm. Well, it's interesting because I don't. Yeah, I certainly hadn't really thought about the other seasons being um, a possibility to have. No, 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 no. Until I read this, hurry, Google, Doctor Google, usually gets us in trouble. <laughs> but it, I guess it's probably not as well known in New Zealand, um, and that I have heard of people having this that have come from overseas, um, but like you said, because we probably have more daylight hours and sun and light. True, but if it is going to, what we might find if we were a person who's moved here from overseas, so the person I know, the friend of mine who's pretty badly affected by it, would say that they are their um, episode is shorter because New Zealand has a shorter winter. Right. So, so there isn't there isn't the inability to go outside. If you come from someplace like Canada, the weather is so severe that you don't spend a lot of time outside, mm. and you also have that kind of um, restricted um, feeling around mm. your days because you can't just go for a walk or something like that. If you if it's blowing minus forty degrees and you need eighteen layers to stay alive, mm. uh, aren't you glad you moved to New Zealand, Beth? Yes, I am. <laughs> um, so I think I think from overseas, and maybe maybe there is a correspondence between uh, being a migrant from a country that had a higher numbers and not being able to shake that when you get down here. Do you know? Mm. So um, you mentioned that you had your own experience. Yeah. So would you like to share with us a bit about that and what? Well, my personal experience of mental distress is depression, and it's had different patterns over the years, or I've only just figured out the patterns in the last few decades. <laughs> and one of the things that happens to me, the weirdest thing I can't figure it out, is August. Right. Now, 
In August, the worst of winter is over. The days are longer. There's much more sunshine. You don't need every heater in every room to be on. But there's something consistent year in, year out. About right. August, I just fall down. Okay. And often that will be when I will get sick as well. Right. So I always I always wonder myself which came first. Was it the virus or was it the depression that mm. made me susceptible to the virus? Um, and I, there's no logic for it. But that's the whole point of depression is that it's <laughs> illogical. This is not rational. It's an irrational condition. So I'm just intrigued having finally noticed after a long time that August seems to be a problem for Beth. And I don't know why. But, yeah, so that's my experience. I've had friends who have had um, different, different patterns. Oh. So um, a friend of mine, it's June and July. And wow. they used to have to organize their life so that they saved up all their sick leave so that they could go and visit somebody that could go north and get a bit more daylight um, for two, for three weeks in the middle there right. uh, to try to ameliorate the effects it had on their long-term depression. But if you can figure that your depression would be all the way to the other line where you're thinking about death or suicide, mm. I mean, this is pretty serious. Mm. I've been quite lucky. It's never been like that. It's just, you know, dragging myself through every single day thinking, you know, what's the point? Mm. But not not to the point where I would do anything about it. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. So um, what sort of treatments are available for people who recognize that they might um, uh, be affected by season Affective disorder. Well, I think I think as we can expect from a, a medical model answer to that question, there are some basics. So one is medication, and so some people benefit from an antidepressant, um, especially if the symptoms are severe. So it makes me wonder if if we could think if this was our condition, that maybe we would we would boof our antidepressant up a little bit for four-ish months of the year, and then we could drop it, withdraw it back a little bit for the rest of the year and and maybe have an understanding that medication could possibly be um, tweaked a little bit here and there if mm. we understood that the depression we were suffering from was cyclical in a seasonal way as mm. opposed to, you know, yearly or mm. whatever. Yeah, so... so the doctor may recommend starting a treatment with an antidepressant before your symptoms typically begin each year. Once you know your history, once you've got some self-knowledge, then they might be able to, to set you up. You, can, you and the doctor can work together to set you up for that kind of thing. One of the other things that's down here, of course, is psychotherapy and the opportunity to have cognitive behavior therapy so you can identify and change negative thoughts and behaviors, um, learn healthy ways to cope, um, especially with reducing avoidance behavior and scheduling activities for yourself and learning how to manage stress. Um, there's a good one here that's mind-body connection. So examples of mind-body technique that some people may choose to try to help with SAD include relaxation techniques such as yoga or tai chi, right. um, trying med medi meditation, uh, guided imagery, which is something I've never tried, or music or art therapy. And I think we should never underestimate the value of music or art therapy, whether it's therapy or just doing it. it just, you know, sinking your mind into some kind of a creative process can be really, really helpful. But then the last one they talk about is light therapy, um, also called phototherapy. And you sit a few feet away from a special light box, and it's probably got UV not something that's going to give us sunburn or melanoma, but it's it's definitely not your average um, 
incandescent light bulb. Right. A special light box so that you're exposed to bright light within the first hour of waking each day. Right. Light therapy mimics natural outdoor light and appears to cause a change in brain, ch- brain chemicals that's li- linked to mood. So if you can use a, bo- a box light to trick your brain into thinking it's not winter, good. Light therapy is one of the very first lines of treatment for fall, for autumn onset, SAD, and it generally works, starts working in a few days to a few weeks, and, and it causes a few side effects. Wow. You know, so if it works for you, then you don't have to take medication. I mean, that's good. Mm. You know, mm. a light box in the morning and yoga in the afternoon, and we could make it through those six weeks. Mm. Research on light therapy is kind of limited, but it does appear to be effective for most people. And if you buy a light box, talk to your doctor about the one's best one for you to get and familiarize yourself with a variety of features and options so that you end up buying a high-quality product that's safe and effective. Mm. And ask your doctor how and when to use the light box. Mm. So I think that I, the person I know who's really profoundly affected by it, they do have a light box, and they mm-hmm. would Found set it up at work so that they were doing their work but had this, this thing in their peripheral vision that was just emphasizing that, you know, it wasn't a dismal, horrible, miserable day. On a really dismal, miserable day, I'd go in and chat with that person about something very important, just for a little while to be in the range of the good life. (laughs) So um, how can people get more information? Well, um, you can always talk to a doctor. Because a doctor is supposed to be able to answer these kinds of questions. And they have, and if you talk to your GP about anything, they have a system called Health Pathways. And they just, they will just put Lightbox mm-hmm. in and, and whatever options exist in, in the New Zealand health system will come up for them. Um, well, you can, you can Google it. You can learn a lot, but you have to be really, really careful below, about what sources you look for. Mm-hmm. So when I was looking at this, there were a couple of, of reliable sources I looked at. Uh, one was the Mayo Clinic, and one was a British medical site that I have used a few times and found the information to be really logical. So if you do start with Google, you're going to look for a reliable site, and then you're going to make a list of questions, and then you're going to talk to somebody in person who's, who you trust to you know field some of the information and questions. Because uh, I guess a lot of these symptoms are depression symptoms yeah. and so to first figure out whether it is a, you know, depression is affected by the season is mm. a that's a tough a, 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 yeah. interesting yeah. Um, question. question I think we we would all benefit I mean, you know, we are trying to have the best life that that we can make inside the parameters, the best quality of life inside the parameters and with the cards we're dealt. Mm. And I don't think anybody is an expert on that except ourselves. Mm. So it never hurts. I would recommend anybody who's having, you know, pretty consistent challenges with their mental health year in, year out to do, do some journaling. Mm. Just start keeping your own data. You know, how did I feel in the morning? How long did this bad patch last? Um, I'm very lucky that my episodes of depression don't usually last a really long time. Right. Um, but I do like to know kind of how long it was. And right. the other thing is there are things that will, situational things that will trigger us. So, for instance, very recently I had a bereavement, and that is going to add an extra brick to the load I'm dragging along behind me through the winter. Mm. And, and knowing that is good 
can't do anything about the effect it has on me, but at least I'm conscious of the fact that this winter, when things aren't great, I have that added thing that won't be there next winter. Mm. So journaling on our own behalf is a really, really good thing to do. Mm. Mm. I'm thinking as you're talking, and I don't know why, but I watched um, Sue Perkins the other night on Japan, and one of the things they did was um, go out, and it was a, a thing, go out into a forest... And she was taken out into this forest and there was a whole lot of logs and she was to choose a log and lay on it. It was called forest bathing. <laughs> and, and, and I like the sound of yeah, this. And it was interesting. It was like she was sort of freaking out a bit because she didn't know. And there was just this woman uh, and who played. She said, and I, I thought this is what we do all the time. She said in her mind, she's saying, oh, please, please don't let her play flute music and excellent she's playing <laughs> but it was really interesting the yeah. idea of going out bathing in the forest like they were like she was laying flat on a log and and taking in the nature and taking in I guess the light of the energy of the forest you know mm. and when you're talking about light therapy it's I kept on mm. p- having this picture of like um you know being being filled up I guess mm. Of, um, and so, yeah, it's... it's um, I do think that we, we city people deny ourselves the opportunity to connect with nature quite a lot. Mm-hmm. New Zealand is fantastic about getting out in nature. They're great hill climbers and bicycle riders, and um, it can be a bit of a challenge when you come from a lazy background from a city-dwelling, not <laughs> New Zealand <laughs> culture, um, to, to really honour that and do that. Mm. But one of the things that that we can remember as service users is that getting getting fitness, getting some kind of exercise is really important to us. Mm. And it is possible to talk to a GP to get what's called a green prescription. So it means that the system, the health system, would pay part of the entry fee to go swimming or to use a gym. And that has made a huge difference to a lot of the people I know. Mm. Mm. And just making a commitment to actually walk outside every day, 30 minutes a day, um, you know, if I did a 30-minute walk, I'd still never get to a place that didn't have three trees in a row, but mm. but I'd, I'd still be outside. I'd have wind on my face. I'd have different physical experiences that would give my brain something else to do. And I do think we put ourselves into a rut sometimes of uh, reading, watching television, yep. eating, you know. I, I listened to a, th- a talk by a physiotherapist, and she said even just going outside and going for a walk, but looking up at the trees or looking up at the sky, opens up your chest, so it opens mm. up your lungs, so it brings the air. I've just had to stretch my shoulders out as you're saying So that. it's like, she said, even if you don't do the 30-minute walk, go outside, look up at a tree or look up at... A, the sky because it opens out your chest so the air gets through and I thought oh that's very interesting find a log lie on it <laughs> in the forest I mean it looked pretty ideal to me but um, I can only do that if I stop walking sometimes I, I go on great walks in nature with with friends and that kind of thing and it's great but I can't I have my OCD lives in don't fall you're an old lady with possible brittle <laughs> bones so I have to walk looking at my feet stop look at the trees in the sky stretch mm. my shoulders Walk looking at my feet. So I guess probably in in summing this up, um, the first place a port of call might be to talk to your GP when you next yeah. see them about you've noticed that that um, 
come, I guess, we'd probably start with autumn or winter. Yeah. But that it seems to be a regular pattern for you that you find yourself getting depressed and so they would then open up the conversation about mm. what is available mm. and um, what supports are in your in your toolkit yeah. that you can use to support And I, I think it depends on it being a bit illogical. So we've had a great autumn. Sure, the rain has come now, yeah. but we had a really, really long, slow, lovely autumn. But some people will still be affected by the shorter days. Mm. And... Um, Getting to the 22nd of June so that it's the shortest day has come and gone for a lot of people is a big deal. It makes a big difference to them. Right. But it might not make a difference to a person who has seasonal affective disorder. Right. And then there are the people like me who can't figure out why on earth August would be a problem, but it mm. is consistently. Therefore, learn from it, Beth. Mm. Yeah. And some just, time and nurture yeah. yourself. Yeah. Or even if, if the only thing you can do is to tell yourself... Um, this is seasonal affective disorder, and all I have to do is get through the next couple of weeks. Hmm. So I'm going to join a book club, go to a yoga class, set up a coffee with a friend at a place that has a good big sunny window. I'm just going to fill these next six weeks with tasks so that I just stay busy and get through. And I think it's really important. I just um, last Thursday went through with a friend to Twizel and I, it was a beautiful day and I saw the Alps and they were covered mm. in snow. They were absolutely glorious. And, you know, that for me was a really good for my um, soul, really. Mm, nice. And um, a couple of times at work when I was under a bit of stress, I thought, no, Debbie, just go to all those mountains. And you hear, just go to those mountains yeah. and, and think about how beautiful they were. And, um, yeah, sometimes doing, being, I guess nature is a great mm. way to revive or to feel connected when you mm. when you, things are a bit out of whack, really. I feel quite, um, quite lucky, quite rich to live in a place by the ocean. Mm. So anyone in Christchurch can jump on a bus and end up in Sumner or New Brighton and walk on a beach. Mm. And the ocean is is so huge and so fascinating that it has a real effect on me. So mm. yeah, I love the snow in the mountains. I love the mountains. It's great. But the ocean is a really kind of special thing that not everybody has an opportunity to access. And so mm. we should be really grateful for that opportunity too. Well, thanks, Beth, for coming in and introducing um, a bit about seasonal affective disorder. You're welcome. Uh, um, yeah, and as we were saying, probably the first protocol would be a GP or you could look at um, Dr. Google. <laughs> and carefully. <laughs> carefully and um, not get too depressed if you look at too many sides <laughs> by what you see. Maybe you should invite me back in August to talk <laughs> about <laughs> things you can do about depression to see if we can cheer me up. <laughs> that might be a good idea. This is Debbie May signing off on behalf of Quiet Minds Mental Health Radio on Plains FM 96.9. In this world there's a whole lot of sorrow. In this world there's a whole lot of shame. In this world there's a whole lot of sorrow and a whole lot of ground to gain. When you spend your whole life wishing, wanting and wondering why, it's a long enough life to be living. Why walk when you can fly?
You can download this and other Quiet Minds programs by going to plainsfm.org.nz and clicking on podcasts. This show repeats on Wednesdays at 10.30am. Thanks for listening. In this world there's a whole lot of gold. In this world there's a whole lot of blame. In this world you've a soul for a compass and a heart for a pair of wings. There's a star on the far horizon, rising bright in an azure sky. For the rest of the time that you're given, why walk when you can fly?